And for that, what is essential? That a person holds on to something that will constantly remind him. That a person stays among those people who will constantly remind him. Because what happens? We get very motivated to do something good, to be submissive to Allah. But then after some time, that high iman that we have begins to drop, right? It begins to weaken. So then what happens? You need another boost. Isn't it so? You need to be refreshed. You need to be motivated again. And what is the best motivator that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us? It is the Qur'an. Because people, they come and go. If we rely on people, some righteous people, some good people, is that sufficient? No. Because people will come into your lives and soon they will move on. Correct? Or you will have to move away. Isn't that so? Likewise we see that if a person relies on, let's say an organization, a particular task, a work, then again, things don't remain the same always. They change. So what is essential then? That a person has Qur'an in his life. That a person has a strong connection with the Qur'an. Because the Qur'an will constantly remind him, constantly motivate him to be submissive to Allah. This is why Allah says, وَاعْتَصِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا All of you hold on to the habl of Allah. How? Together. What is the habl of Allah? What is the rope that Allah has given? It refers to the Qur'an. Jabir anhu, he narrated that the Prophet ﷺ said, Rejoice, for verily this Qur'an, one part of it is in the hands of Allah, and the other part is in your hands. It is your connection with your Lord. It is your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One part of this rope, one end is with Allah, and the other end is with you. Therefore, hold on to it, for you will never be destroyed, nor will you ever go astray after it. Meaning, as long as you hold on to the Qur'an, you will be saved. You will be protected. Only then can you die as a Muslim. So, وَاعْتَصِمُوا بِحَبِلِ اللَّهِ Hold on to the rope of Allah. But how? Jami'an, all together, collectively. Meaning, not just one person from the family, but the entire family. Not just one person, but everyone, everyone should have a connection with the Qur'an. Not just the mother, but also the daughter. Not just the parents, but also the children. Right? Not just the women, but also the men. But what do we think? Yeah, my mom reads the Qur'an. Our parents think, yeah, my daughter goes to a class. But is that enough? It's not enough. People think their children go to Islamic school, so that's sufficient. No. Every single one of us has to have a connection with the Qur'an. Allah says, Jami'an, all of you together, hold on to this book. وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا And do not differ. Do not be divided. Do not be divided amongst yourselves, meaning be united, stay together. Does this mean that everyone has to think in the same way? Yeah? No. Because we see that, for example... In the fiqh that we learn, we see so many differences of opinion. Recently you learned about fiqh of tahara. And this was emphasized so much that there are differences of opinion that exist. Correct? So isn't that contradicting the command of Allah? وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا No. Tafarruq, remember, is when hearts are divided. When hearts are divided, when people do not tolerate the differences. 
when they develop bias against each other. And this leads to disunity, it leads to hatred, it leads to dislike, it leads to enmity, it leads to ill feelings. You can agree to disagree and still respect other people. Can you not? Yes, you can. But if just because someone does something differently, you start to dislike them, then will you be able to live with any person? No, not at all. If you look at it, a simple thing such as eating. People eat differently. People drink differently. People prepare food differently. People live differently. And just because someone's taste is different, someone's likes or dislikes are different, we begin to dislike that person, we develop a bias against them, then how can we survive in this world? We cannot. So likewise, when it comes to deen, وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا Do not be divided amongst yourselves. We see that the companions, the sahaba, even they had differences of opinion. Such as once the Prophet ﷺ, he told a group of companions to meet him somewhere before Asr Salah. Alright? And those companions, they were all going. But what happened at the time of Asr Salah came in and they felt that by the time they would get there, their Salah would be delayed. So some of them said, no, what he meant was try to get there before Asr, but we are not able to, we should not miss our prayers. So some of them, they prayed. And others said that no. The Prophet ﷺ told us to pray there, so we're not going to pray even if our salah is getting delayed. So there was a difference. But did they say, no, you are committing kufur, and no, you get away from us, and you go your way, we go our way. Was there division amongst them? No. Some prayed, and some did not. When they got to the Prophet ﷺ, the matter was presented to them, he just smiled. He just smiled. Because both of them were in a way right. It was just a different interpretation based on their understanding. So this is the reason why we see that even when it comes to fiqh, scholars of a lot of knowledge, but still what happens? Their opinions may differ. Why? Because of their difference in thinking, because of their background, because of their knowledge. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا just because you may have a different opinion doesn't mean that you become divided. That you start cutting each other off. You start opposing one another. Your aim, your goal is not the pleasure of Allah. Rather it becomes defeating other people. And picking out their mistakes. So Allah says, وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا Do not differ amongst yourselves. Do not be divided. Wadkuru. Instead, you should remember the blessing of Allah upon you. Wadkuru ni'matallahi alaykum. Remember the blessing of Allah upon you. Which blessing? All of the blessings. And why should a person remember a blessing? Why? Because it makes him grateful for the blessing. Once you forget a blessing, can you thank Allah for it? No. But when you remember a blessing, then you are grateful to Allah for it. Likewise, when you remember a blessing, meaning you talk about it in front of others, with others, then what happens? You appreciate the blessing even more and you make other people appreciate it as well. Correct? So this is why keep remembering the blessing of Allah. Don't stop mentioning it. Don't stop feeling it. Keep talking about it. Keep reminding yourself of the blessing of Allah. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us many blessings. And we should remember all of them. We should be grateful for all of them. But which in particular should we remember? 
the blessing of unity. The blessing of إِذْ كُنْتُمْ أَعْدَاءً When all of you, when you used to be enemies, فَأَلَّفَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِكُمْ And then He put love in your hearts. He joined your hearts. He united your hearts. He brought your hearts together. You were disunited, but Allah brought you together. Primarily this is referring to the Arabs. How they were so disunited before Islam came. This is why when a person studies the history of Arabia, you feel that the best thing that ever happened to the Arabs was Islam. The best thing that ever happened to them. Because that is what changed them. You know, the Arabs were such that their nation bordered with the Persian Empire as well as the Roman Empire. The Romans never bothered to fight with Arabs or compete with them or anything. Neither did the Persians. They didn't care about the Arabs. Why? Because they neither had land as in good, productive land, fertile land. No, it was all desert. Nor did they have anything for which they would have to fight them for. They had nothing. It was just a desert. And besides, the Arabs were so caught up in their own tribal warfare that they couldn't even think about expanding or looking at other things. Alright? Because the Persian Empire, the Roman Empire, they had something to snatch from one another. But the Arabs, nobody cared about them. Nobody did. But when Islam came to them, what happened? The Arabs became united. The people who would kill each other, fight against each other. They just had to see one another and their swords would come out. Their arrows would come out. They needed the slightest excuse for war. A small reason to wage war against another. You know, something as small as your camel came in front of my camel. Or you drank from the water hole before us. Or you looked at us in this way. Or you said this kind of poetry against us. Something small would cause so much bloodshed. So this was a terrible situation that they were in. But what happened when Islam came? They forgot about their enmity. And Allah put love in their hearts. We see that in Medina, the Ansar, if you look at them, the Aws and the Khazr, the two tribes, constantly battling with one another. In Mecca, same story. All over Arabia, same story. But when Islam came, all of the people came together. All of the people came together. And when they came together, then what happened? Then the Romans wanted to attack them. And then one thing after the other happened. So, فَأَلَّفَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِكُمْ Allah united your hearts. This is the reason why the Prophet ﷺ reminded the Ansar at the time of the Battle of Hunayn when the spoils were distributed amongst the people and hardly anything was given to the Ansar. A lot of spoils of war were brought in and a lot of people had embraced Islam at that point. So the Prophet ﷺ divided the war booty amongst the new converts. And he gave them so much that the Ansar, they felt a little deprived because they weren't given any share of the war booty. So the Prophet ﷺ reminded them, يَا مَعْشَرَ الْأَنصَارِ O group of Ansar, أَلَمْ أَجِدُكُمْ ضُلَّالًا فَهَدَاكُمُ اللَّهُ بِي Did I not find you misguided and Allah guided you through me? وَكُنْتُمْ مُتَفَرِّقِينَ فَأَلَّفَكُمُ اللَّهُ بِي That you were divided amongst yourselves and Allah put love between you through me. وَعَالَةً فَأَغْنَاكُمُ اللَّهُ بِي And you were poor and Allah enriched you through me. And the Prophet ﷺ told them that won't you be happy that all of these people are going back to their homes with their goats and their camels and their sheep. 
and you go back home with the Prophet ﷺ. These people return with worldly possessions and you go back to Medina with me. Don't you like that? And the Sahaba, they were in tears. They wept. Because definitely having the Prophet ﷺ was far better than any possession of this world. So we see that the Prophet ﷺ also reminded them that you were disunited. Allah joined you through me. فَأَلَّفَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِكُمْ Allah united all of you. فَأَصْبَحْتُمْ بِنِعْمَتِهِ إِخْوَانًا And as a result of the blessing of Allah, you became brothers. Such a strong bond of friendship and love between you that surpasses any other bond that people may have. We see that people love those who are related to them. People have a special kind of love for who? Blood relatives for whom they will sacrifice, for whom they will spend money, for whom they will do many things. But the kind of love and brotherhood that existed between the companions, unmatched in history, unmatched. فَأَصْبَحْتُمْ بِنِعْمَتِهِ إِخْوَانًا You became brothers to the point that you were willing to give up anything for the sake of Allah, for the sake of the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, one story we learn about Mus'ab ibn Umair رضي الله عنه. You know about the story? Yeah, that how when he became a Muslim in Mecca, he migrated to Medina in the battle of Badr. One of the Muslims had caught someone from the Mushrik army and had brought him in as a prisoner. So basically he was tying a prisoner. And Mus'ab said to the Muslim man that this person tie him like really strongly and make sure that the ransom that you demand is a lot because his mother is rich. His mother is rich and to free her son she will give anything. And that mushrik man, he said, Musab, am I not your brother? It was his own brother. But Musab said, tie him more fiercely and demand more ransom. Musab said to him, silent, quiet, don't even call me your brother. I'm not your brother, don't say that to me. The man who is tying you, this Muslim, he is my brother. فَأَصْبَحْتُمْ بِنِعْمَتِهِ إِخْوَانًا this was the kind of love that they developed. And we see that even over worldly matters. If a friend of yours has helped you in a difficult situation, you love that friend more than you love your own brother. Isn't that so? You love that friend, that co-worker, or whoever more than you love your own sister. We see that sometimes young people love other individuals more than they love their own parents. Why? Because they feel that they have more understanding. Right? That they're on the same page. But their own relatives, they're like in a different world. So, فَأَصْبَحْتُمْ بِنِعْمَتِهِ إِخْوَانًا You have become brothers, so close with each other as a result of the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on you. وَكُنْتُمْ عَلَى شَفَى حُفْرَةٍ مِّنَ النَّارِ You were at the edge of a pit of fire. Meaning you were at the mouth of a ditch that was filled with fire. What is that referring to? Hellfire. That you were at its mouth. You only needed a slight nudge. And that's it. You would fall into the fire forever. Meaning you were only as far away from hellfire as death. Meaning you only had to die to get to hellfire. You were so close to destruction. But what happened? فَأَنْقَذَكُمْ مِنْهَا But Allah rescued you from it. If you look at it in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions two things. The collective state of the Arabs as well as the religious state before Islam. 
If you look at their collective state, what was their state? They were disunited. Tribal warfare. And when it comes to religious state, what was that? They were misguided. They were disunited. They were misguided. This was their state. They were suffering at every level. They were suffering in their dunya. They were suffering with regards to their akhirah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He blessed them with the deen, He saved their dunya and their akhirah. When deen came into their lives, then what happened? Their dunya improved and their akhirah improved as well. And we see this, that people are suffering in many different ways. You know, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, physically. People suffer in various ways. But what is it that really improves their condition many times? It's faith. It's belief. It's iman. That is what gives them peace at heart. That is what brings them happiness and contentment. And as a result, they begin to flourish in their dunya as well as their deen. I've seen with many young people, many young people, who before studying the Qur'an or before becoming more serious about their deen, you know, they're not studying properly in school, they have a terrible relationship with their parents, they don't know what's happening in their lives. And once they start praying properly, and once they start reading the Qur'an properly, then all of a sudden they're doing so good at school, and in their deen also they're excelling. There's one person I know of, first time I saw that individual, young teenager, you know, baggy clothes, answering back to his mom, ignoring his mom, walking like a thug, you know, like typical how kids are. And the same person, once he became serious about his deen, he's going to the masjid five times a day, he has a beard, he has his pants folded up, regardless of whether he's at the mall or at a very big restaurant or what. And this guy is, you know, very fashionable. So anyway, he completely transformed. And now he's pursuing his PhD. And you could never imagine that a person walking like a gangster would be doing, you know, his PhD. So we see that when a person is guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when hidayah comes in, then a person improves at every level. At every level. You know, in terms of good relations with family, in terms of doing good at work, doing good at school, doing good at every level. So this is the blessing of the deen. What do people think? That if we become serious about our deen, we're going to suffer in our dunya. Isn't that so? That if I put this hijab on, or if I start praying or what, then how will I have time to study? Or how will I get this job? How will this happen? How will that happen? People are afraid. But it's the exact opposite. The exact opposite. Because ultimately, who is our raziq? Who is our provider? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So when you please Him, you think He's not going to provide you in a better way? Of course He will. So, فَأَصْبَحْتُمْ بِنِعْمَةِ إِخْوَانَ وَكُنْتُمْ عَلَى حُفْرَةٍ مِّنَ النَّارِ فَأَنْقَذَكُمْ مِّنْهَا Allah rescued you from it. كَذَلِكَ يُبَيِّنُ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ آيَاتِهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ Allah clarifies His ayat to you so that you are Rightly guided, tahtadun, you accept guidance. Now we see that essentially the message in this ayah is that in order to remain firm on our deen, on Islam, then we must collectively hold on to the Qur'an and Sunnah. Because this is what will unite us. This is what will keep us together. Once we leave the Qur'an and Sunnah, then what will happen? We will differ. We will 
cut each other off. We will begin to oppose one another. We will entertain ill feelings against each other. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to remember the blessing of Islam. To appreciate the blessing of Islam. And in order to appreciate it, in order to truly be grateful for it, think about how you were before this blessing. Compare your present to your past. How were you? And many people, they cry about their past. They have so many regrets about their past. That I wish I had learned sooner. I wish I had learned earlier. That the benefit, the peace that I'm enjoying now, I could have experienced it earlier. So many people, they wish that they knew before. So think about how satisfied you are now. Compare that with how empty, how hurt, how sorrowful you were before. And this will make you truly be grateful for the blessing of Islam. Many times it happens that people who accept Islam or people who become serious about their deen, their parents testify that regardless of everything, our child's behavior has improved with us. It has improved with us. The relationships, they improve between spouses, between parents and children. But that's when we truly implement the deen as well. Because with some people, the exact opposite happens. The more religious they become, the worse they become in their manners, in their relationship. Right? Sometimes it does happen that people are not accepting of the way you are like it happened with the Prophet wasallam. He was still the best man with the best akhlaq, but still people disliked him. Still there was strife. Why? Because others were not accepting. But still, could they point a finger at him? Could they really point out a fault in him? They couldn't. So the blessing of Islam is the best blessing that a person can have. It makes him better at every level. This is why value this blessing that Allah has given you. Value the blessing of Quran that Allah has given you. You know, Umar anhu he said that we got honor through the Qur'an, through our deen. And if we try to seek honor through something else, then we will be humiliated. So once Allah has improved our condition, improved our state through the Qur'an, then can we leave the Qur'an? No, we cannot. We can never leave it. But unfortunately, this is what happens with many people. That they benefit from the Qur'an, but then they move away from the Qur'an. Many times it happens that a person will get married to someone. Why? Because their religiosity or the fact that they know the meaning of the Qur'an. But then that same person doesn't have a strong connection with the Qur'an anymore. And then they wonder, why am I having such problems with my spouse? Because the thing that united you, that brought you together, you have left that. The blessing which Allah gave you, you have been ungrateful for that. So the best blessing that Allah bestows upon a people is a blessing of Qur'an, the blessing of love, the blessing of unity. So in this ayah, there are many, many lessons that we learn. Of them is the obligation of being united. The obligation of being united. And this means that yes, you may have a different opinion, you may have a different understanding, you may think differently, but still have tolerance. Still be accepting. Don't dislike someone just because they are from a different institute, for example. Right? Because this is what happens. So, oh, you go to al Oh, you go to Al-Maghrib? Oh, you go to this institute? I don't like you. Oh, you know, those people, they go to this center. Those people, she goes to that center. So what? It's the same mission. The same goal. To educate ourselves. 
to become better people. So never ever forget this goal. Again, you will have differences with them, but doesn't mean that you begin to hate them. You begin to treat them differently. The importance, the obligation of being united. Then we also learn that ijtimar is isma. That staying together, being united is the means of salvation. This is success. Meaning, when people are disunited, then they are heading towards destruction. And when they are united, then they will be successful. So, again, differences will be there. But it doesn't mean that we cut up ourselves, we become disunited. The success of a community is determined by how they treat their deviants. Right? Meaning how they treat people who are not completely like them. And the success of an individual also depends on this. That how he treats people who are different from him or her. Whether in color or in race or in language or in background or in knowledge. Right? That how much are you accepting of others? How much do you tolerate others? This is necessary for success. Then we also learn about the prohibition of the farruq fil qulub, the prohibition of disunity of hearts. Disunity of hearts. You can differ, but don't develop bias against the other, nor discriminate, nor entertain any animosity. Then we also learn about the obligation of remembering the blessings of Allah. And remember what I mentioned to you earlier? This is dhikr with qalb as well as with lisan. Dhikr with qalb and dhikr with lisan. We also learn in this ayah that love is what leads to unity. فَأَلَّفَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِكُمْ Love leads to unity. Right? Friendship, appreciation of the goal. It leads to unity. Then people are not just coexisting, but they really have the same mission. For example, all of us come here. And it's good that we're all sitting in the same class, we're all doing the same thing. But if we are not bonded with one another... Right? If we don't have friendship with one another, if we don't love each other, then will we truly be united? No. We may be coexisting, right? That we're doing the same thing, yes. But when can we be united? When can we be passionate about our work? When we love each other. When we are friends with one another. You know, somebody had mentioned that what took them to school, college every day, was not their classes, it was their friends. It was their friends. Meaning they wanted to meet their friends every day at school. They wanted to talk to them, update them on what happened, what did not happen, where they went, what they ate. Not what they had to study in math class or in science class. No, that's the worst thing about school anyway. What's the best thing about school? Your friends. So, difference in opinion, but no differences in hearts. Right? Meaning no hatred, dislike, bias, discrimination, just because you differ from someone. And the exact opposite of that is love. And you see, when you love someone because of who they are, then can you tolerate the differences? Yes. You can accept them. Then it's not a problem. Many times it happens that the husband takes his tea differently and the wife takes her tea differently. The wife will make the tea for her husband differently and for her differently. Isn't it more convenient to make it the same? Yes, it is. But she will respect the difference. Why? Because she loves him. You know, she will take the extra step. Why? Because she loves him. So, love lets you tolerate differences. So, love is something that is essential. This is something that leads to unity. Recitation.
وَاعْتَصِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا وَاذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ إِذْ كُنْتُمْ أَعْدَاءً فَأَلَّفَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِكُمْ فَأَصْبَحْتُمْ بِنِعْمَتِهِ إِخْوَانًا فَأَصْبَحْتُمْ بِنِعْمَتِهِ إِخْوَانًا وَكُنْتُمْ عَلَى شَفَا حُفْرَةٍ مِّنَ النَّارِ فَأَنْقَذَكُمْ مِنْهَا كَذَلِكَ يُبَيِّنُ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ آيَاتِهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ 